Hey friends, and welcome to episode 115 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman-Kornick, and today's episode is one you'll want to pull out and press play on next time you find yourself in this situation. I mean, definitely listen in today, but you'll want to remember this one next time you find yourself in this particular spot. What spot? Well, we've all been there at some point or another. Me, I was there pretty recently, so this is fresh on my mind. Overbooked, too busy, overwhelmed, too much on my plate, too many yeses and not enough noes, an overflowing calendar and not enough time in the day to make it all happen. Spread too thin and no amount of coffee can help you feel more awake or alert. Running on fumes. So how do you deal when you've got too much on your plate? Well, that's exactly what I'm sharing in this episode because I'm on the other side of it and lived to tell the tale. The fact is, we can all run into the trap of having too much on our plates. Even time management coaches like me who know all the rules and recommendations about prioritization and choosing your best yes, It's easy to get excited and jump at new opportunities that sound good. It's easy to say yes when you know someone's in a bind and counting on you. It's hard to say no when you feel guilty if you don't help. And it's also hard to say no when someone makes you feel like you're the only one who can do something. And here's what makes this episode different from any other episode where I've talked about overwhelm, like episode 90, all about doing a mind sweep, for example. This is about the overwhelm that hurts, the exhausting and exasperating kind of overwhelm, when you've basically got no choice but to buckle down and get to the other side of it, the desperation mode kind of overwhelm. And let me be abundantly clear, I am not advocating or encouraging you to get to this place, but I know it happens. So here are some steps for working through it if you find yourself in a desperate, overwhelmed situation. Today, I'm sharing the very first thing you should do when you realize you're overcommitted and overwhelmed. I'll talk about how to politely take things off your plate once you know what should stay and what should go. I'm also sharing my best tips for buckling down and getting it all done when you've really got no other choice. And finally, we'll share some strategies for avoiding getting overcommitted again in the future. Let's be honest, we're human. It will probably happen again, but maybe we can take some steps for it to happen less often. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and you're listening in the car while you're running errands or you're folding laundry or doing the dishes, I know it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. But don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details and how-tos from this episode over in the show notes, plus links to any of the other podcast episodes I'll mention. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 115. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to click that subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. And if you like what you hear, or if you've learned something that's helped you out, I'd be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results, which just helps us all on our mission to ban busy as a badge of honor. All right, 
It's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. It happens all the time. We get really excited. We say yes to a lot of amazing opportunities. We add something to our calendar and then something else and then another thing. And before we know it, our planners are bursting at the seams with meetings, appointments, phone calls, coffee dates, luncheons, Zoom meetings, committee meetings, you name it, and it's on your calendar. I find that this is beginning to happen to us more and more as the world is opening up in this stage of the pandemic. I mean, the pandemic certainly isn't over, but as this episode goes live in March 2022, two years after all this started... It seems like, for the moment at least, we're in a breath of fresh air kind of place, in the United States at least, and the invitations are beginning to pick up. Even during the times when we weren't out and about socially, we still very much had the ability to find ourselves overbooked by committing to do too much at work or taking on too many volunteer responsibilities or creating too many projects for ourselves at home. I get it. I've been there. You get an invitation, you get an opportunity, you see the potential, and so you say yes. Or maybe you feel obligated to say yes to something. Joining a committee, volunteering, or taking on some role or responsibility with your kid's school or in a membership organization. Sometimes it's saying yes to an opportunity to grow your business, to make more money, to learn something new, or to take on a new project at work. Whether you've said yes to a lot of things you want to do, or a lot of things out of obligation, or maybe a combination of both, the end result is the same. You're feeling overbooked, overwhelmed, and feeling like your work-life balance is totally out of whack. You're exhausted, and you know that something has to change. Something has to go because the way you're living and trying to do all the things is not sustainable. So what can you do when you've already said yes? You've already committed. You've paid the tuition or you've signed up or you've told your boss or you've signed the dotted line. People are relying on you. And it's not like you can just wave a magic wand and clear half the things off of your calendar. Although that would be nice. If you're a Marvel movie nerd like I am, you know, the Avengers movies, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, then you know about Thanos and the snap. Basically, Thanos was a bad guy, and with the snap of his fingers, he made half of the population of the entire universe disappear. Unfortunately, we can't just snap our fingers and make our commitments disappear. That's just not the way this works. Instead, clearing your calendar and getting some relief, or getting through it, means taking a very critical look at your calendar. Looking at all the things you said yes to in order to figure out what to do next. So let's dive in. Step one is to admit that you're overwhelmed, which can sometimes be the hardest part. When you're feeling overbooked and too busy, 
your fuse is shorter. You're more likely to snap at your kids or your friends or your significant other. You're more likely to be hard on yourself, to have negative thoughts because you don't have the space you need to decompress. You don't have adequate time to recharge because all of your time has been spent revving up instead of recharging. So now that you've admitted that you're overwhelmed, it's time to do something about it. You've recognized that not only do you want to do something about this, but you have to do something about it because you're not showing up as your best self. So now that you recognize that something's got to give, it's on to step two. Step two, make a list of all of the moving projects in your life. So what is a moving project or a project in motion, as I sometimes call it? A moving project is anything in your life that is taking up a substantial amount of your time and energy that requires multiple steps to complete. You've probably heard me talk about the difference between a project and a task before, especially in the episode about the things that we're doing wrong with our to-do lists. I'll be sure to include the link in the episode number in the show notes so you can give it a listen if you haven't yet. But in a nutshell, a project requires multiple steps to complete and a task requires just one. Projects have multiple tasks, and again, a task is just one. And a moving project is a project that you've started. Maybe you've done the first step. That's enough for it to count as a moving project. Maybe you've got one step left. That's still a moving project. So let's start making that list of moving projects. And we're going to start with work because these are probably going to be the ones that are most obvious and jump out to you. So what are your current moving projects at work? This could be categorized by the different projects you're managing or projects that you're supporting. You could categorize your moving projects by accounts or clients if you're generally doing one major thing for each client. If your client work is a bit more complex, you might have multiple moving projects per client. You might have recurring projects, which are things that you do each week or every other week or monthly. One of my examples is clockwise office hours. Every first and third Wednesday of the month, I host a free time management workshop and Q&A session. Um, I'll include a link in the show notes in case you want to join us. And office hours is one of my moving projects. It's so much more than just showing up and giving a workshop. There's registration to create, there are emails to create, a script and a presentation deck, so it certainly is considered a moving project. So when it comes to work projects, I also want to add here that studies have shown that when it comes to work feeling overwhelming or unsustainable, it's not necessarily because you're working too many hours. Too many hours can definitely cause feelings of overwhelm, but not always. Instead, that feeling of unsustainability has less to do with the number of hours and more to do with the number of different projects you're working on during those hours or the number of different aspects of a project you're working on if it's an especially complex project. So if you're working 40 hours a week, but you're splitting those 40 hours between 12 different clients or 17 different projects, you're likely not making enough progress in any one area to feel like you're moving forward in a substantial way. So you constantly feel like you're inching along with all of the projects, plus every time you switch from project to project or you try to multitask to get more done, you're actually making it worse. 
every time you switch back and forth between one of those 17 different projects, and I just pulled that number out of the air, there is no magic number, but every time you switch back and forth, you're doing something called context switching. Now, I talk all about context switching in an episode about multitasking. Again, you can find it in the show notes. But basically, every time you switch what you're doing, there's this thing called attention residue that kicks in. I mean, how gross does that sound? Attention residue. Every time you switch from project A to project B, part of your brain is actually still thinking about project A. So that means that you're not able to fully commit your attention and focus to project B, and you're losing productivity, you're losing focus, and you're getting frustrated that you aren't making more progress than you think you should be making. So the more projects you're switching between, the more overwhelmed you can feel as a result. I was talking a while back with one of my new time management coaching clients. We'll call her Meredith. And right off the bat, our very first session, Meredith shared that she felt so overwhelmed at work. She felt disorganized and all over the place, so much so that she wanted to leave her job. So I asked her to give me a rundown of all of her current projects to get an idea of what exactly was on her plate. And I discovered that she wasn't using a project management tool or a Google Doc or anything to keep a list of her current projects in motion. Now, a big part of that was the company's fault for not having an organizational system in place for their team. She was doing her best. But not only was she switching from project to project, she also didn't have any way of keeping track of everything that she was working on. So on day one, I encouraged her to grab a whiteboard, a piece of poster board, something to capture all of her moving projects and keep it where she could see it. And she came up with a list of about 12 different projects that are currently in motion. So that's what I encourage you to do. Make a list of all of your current projects. Whenever we talked again two weeks later, Meredith said that just having her moving projects visible on a whiteboard in her office was a huge game changer because she was able to look at each project name each day check the status, and have more peace about where she was progressing with each project. She said that having a visual reminder of all of the different projects increased her awareness about the different things that were taking up her time. Until Meredith stopped to make a list of her moving projects, she wasn't able to make a solid decision in any given moment about the top priority because it wasn't clear what all of the different options were to prioritize. Sometimes making a list really can make all the difference. So once you've captured all of your work projects in motion, move on to your house projects and your personal projects, things like renovating the bathroom or your volunteer committee responsibilities. Are you planning a birthday party, an engagement party, a baby shower, a fundraising event? Are you currently planning a Disney trip or vacation? Are you researching elder care options for an aging parent or helping one of your kids research colleges? This one is sort of the intersection of personal and professional, but are you considering a new job or considering grad school? Are you taking classes or an online course? Sometimes we might realize we're totally overwhelmed, even though things are fine at work, and then realize that our total overwhelm is coming from all of the unfinished personal projects in our life they can really add up in a big way that weighs on us. 
Again, it is totally normal to be completely overwhelmed by things that you actually want to do. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Okay, so we're making a list of all of those moving projects, which, by the way, feels a little bit like a mind sweep, like I talk about in episode 90. But it's a mind sweep for your projects instead of every little thing ever that's taking up space in your brain. So now that we've done step two, we've got our list of all of the moving projects. It's time for step three. Step three is to prioritize. First, we're going to clean up the list and make sure it's divided by work and personal. Chances are you've got a lot more control over your personal projects than your work projects. And that's why we're starting with the professional side, because you've probably got less control there. Let's be real. If you've got a nine to five and your projects are assigned to you by a boss, we've got to approach that much differently than we would if you were a business owner choosing your own projects. But sometimes even when you are a business owner choosing your own projects, you're stuck and you still have to make it all happen because of your commitments. We're working with the assumption here that you can't offload anything, that you've got to make it all happen because at this point, it's too late to automate, delegate, or eliminate. Remember, this is about desperation overwhelm. So this is where you've got to get ruthless. What are your priorities? And what are your deadlines? Any moving project on your list without a deadline automatically goes to the bottom of the list. Remember, we're not planning a regular week. We're working through overwhelm. Then look at what's left. 
We're going to rank your current moving projects in order of the most recent deadline to the deadline furthest in the future. Then start with the project that has the most urgent deadline. What are the steps involved for you to reach that deadline? Remember, a project contains multiple tasks. So what are the tasks involved for you to reach that deadline? Then move on to the next project. What are the steps involved for you to reach that deadline? Chances are you may need to incorporate other people, possible levels of approval or coordination, which can affect how long something will take you. So once you've got an understanding of the steps it's going to take you to accomplish each project by each deadline, I'm gonna ask you to go back and take another look and see what you can cut or compress. When you've gotta get it all done, perfection is going to be your worst enemy and prioritization will be your best friend. Parkinson's law states that work expands to fill the time allotted. The clock is ticking. So what's absolutely essential to getting the work done? You've got to trim the fat and get super realistic about what's possible at this point. If you wanted to add sequins or have three different people review it just in case or add an extra chapter or create an infographic, now is not the time to go above and beyond. And no, I am not recommending you do bare minimum work all the time. Absolutely not. I believe that you should work with integrity. But sometimes when things come down to the wire, you've got to be honest with yourself about what's possible versus what's necessary. On to step four. Now that you've considered your overbooked and too busy professional projects, let's look at the personal side. This is where you're going to have a lot more control over what you're doing and how you're spending your time. So scan the list and see what can go. I know this is going to be painful, but you're overwhelmed. Remember, you're not living your best life right now, not even close. And you've got to get some relief so you can show up better in the places that matter most. So let's start with cutting out obligations that are nice, but not necessary. Here's an example volunteer positions. And I know how painful this can be. Several years ago, I was asked to chair an important committee for a major fundraiser. In fact, it was the sponsorship committee. This fundraiser made a huge difference for a cause that I cared about. And selfishly, the role was going to look really good on my resume too. I was supposed to coordinate donations, signage, write letters. It was a major time commitment. And right after I said yes to this role, I was promoted to a new position at work that required long hours and travel. For a while, I tried to do both, but I was failing at both. So I had to make a call. I called the race coordinator and said something like this. Hi, Miss Angela. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to serve as the sponsorship chair. It's an honor that you'd consider me for such an important role. Unfortunately, with my new role at work, I found that I just don't have the time to dedicate to being sponsorship chair, and I'm unable to give the fundraiser the attention it deserves. I'd like to recommend that Kristen take over the role. She would be a great fit. Although I'm unable to serve as sponsorship chair, I would love to help out with the race in a smaller capacity on the day of. Is there a volunteer opportunity available that could be a good fit? If you find yourself in a place where you need to step down, 
Express gratitude for the opportunity. Share that you're unable to give it the attention it deserves and suggest a solution. Whether it's someone else to step into the role or another possibility, then if and only if you truly have time available, ask if you can support in a smaller capacity. Again, I know how hard it can be, but if you're truly overwhelmed, consider the fact that you're not serving the organization, the role, or whatever it is. If you're half-assing it, showing up flustered, showing up late, not showing up at all, and generally not being fully present in your role. Okay, so we've looked at the obligation projects on our personal list. What's left is probably the projects that you want to do. Birthday party planning for a kiddo or a project for your house that you've already started. If you're halfway through a bathroom renovation, it's really hard to just press pause when you're missing a toilet. And you're not exactly going to cancel your kid's birthday party. So it's time to ask for help. Asking for help can almost be as hard as stepping down from an obligation. Sometimes we don't like to admit that we need help. We want to be seen as the super women, the super people that we are that can do it all backwards and in high heels. But if you're overwhelmed and you've got to get it done and you can't cancel it or step down, you've got to ask for help. Maybe asking for help looks like ordering a downloadable printable kit from Etsy instead of designing all of the cute signs and labels and gift tags for your kid's birthday like you wanted to. Maybe it looks like asking a friend to pick up balloons or pizza or run to Target because you just can't right now. Leaning on others when you're overwhelmed doesn't make you weak. It makes you human and it makes you determined. So ask for the help. Now that you've created timelines to meet your work deadlines, you've stepped down from unnecessary obligations, and you've asked for help where you can, it's time to make it all happen. Again, I know you're tired. You just did a lot of mental gymnastics to figure out how to make it all work. And since all of our situations are going to be different, instead of covering what to do next, here's what not to do next. First, don't overdo it on coffee to fuel yourself to the finish line. You'll just end up jittery and it'll be difficult to focus. Don't stay up late working and get up early the next morning to get it done. If you've got to squeeze in extra hours for work, pick one or the other, but not both. Sacrificing your sleep multiple nights in a row to get work done is going to catch up to you and you won't be able to process your thoughts or make decisions effectively. Not to mention it can impair your driving and affect your health. Don't forget to drink water. Staying hydrated will help you keep your energy up when you're feeling low. Don't keep it all to yourself. If you're feeling overwhelmed, overbooked, and too busy, Tell someone you love. Tell a friend. Let someone support you and cheer you on as you're working through it all. While our to-do lists will probably be never-ending, and there will always be another project and a next project and a project after that, this rough time will pass. You will get to the other side, and you will feel that relief, and you'll be able to breathe. Once you make it to the other side, you'll probably vow never to end up in that desperate, overwhelmed situation again. And I don't blame you. It's no fun. 
So here's how you can do your best to avoid it next time. First, know your vision for the future. When you know what you want out of life, it's easier to know when something fits into that vision and when it doesn't. Second, know your core values. When you know your values, it's even easier to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Plus, you just feel it in your gut. Third, know your goals. What are you working toward right now? In what direction are you heading? And this shouldn't come as a surprise, but if you're feeling overwhelmed, it could be from having no goals or having too many goals. Try to keep it between two to three big, major goals and no more than five to seven at a given time. Finally, ask a trusted friend, coach, a mentor, an advisor to keep you in check. Whether you talk with your best friend about how you've overcommitted You share with your mastermind group about the predicament you were in. Talk to someone and ask them to keep you accountable to limiting your yeses and saying no thank you to opportunities that don't fit with kindness and gratitude. So there you have it. Overwhelm happens. Getting overbooked and too busy happens. But there is a path forward when you let go of perfection prioritize, step away from unnecessary obligations, and ask for help. I'd love to know if these steps have helped you or if you have any tips that have worked for you during times of overwhelm. So head over to the It's About Time podcast community on Facebook and share them with us. You can find a link to the community over in the show notes or by going straight to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community. And as always, all of the details from today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 115. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.